Mr. Eric Kipling. Thank you for being on the share chair. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> you, you. We entered and we were like eighth grade weird yeah, phase. Yeah. That's you teach eighth grade. I do. Any yeah. other? And what what do you teach? Eighth grade social studies, and then the seventh and the eighth grade tech ed classes. Okay. And how long have you been doing that? That's this is my sixteenth year of teaching. All at Spring Lake? All at Spring Lake. Three in the intermediate school, and then well, it would be the 13th year in the middle school. Is that straight out of college? Yep. Where'd you yep. go? I went to Central, and, um, and then I student taught at Holmes, Holmes oh. Elementary, with oh. Mary Cotterall. Uh-huh. And at Central, I played baseball, and grew up in Indiana. Yeah, how did you get up to Central? I mean, were they recruited you? Is it was it a recruitment thing, or how did that? It happen? was. There was actually a guy, another guy on my summer team in high school, that they were recruiting, and they. It's funny how it worked because they. They were there to recruit him, and I happened to be pitching, and they. Uh, there was, dark storm clouds. It was like, a you could it would. It's a, it was like a movie, but there was dark storm clouds everywhere except, like, one little bubble above the field. And they drove from Central to Fort Wayne, so a three-hour drive to recruit. He was our leadoff hitter, and I was the starter, so I got three outs yeah. pitching, so they got to see me pitch. And then he was the leadoff hitter, and he did a double. And then when he got to second, and I'm not kidding, when he stepped on second base... It unloaded and lightning and rain and we got rained out. Wow! So we got just enough to have them see yeah. us and then, and we both got offers and we we were roommates our first. Did you you both oh, went? That's, yeah. awesome. that's amazing. Yeah. And you pitched for Central Michigan. Yeah. All four years. All four years. Yeah. yeah. Education. Yep. When was that interesting to you? I mean, <laughs> like, did you want to be a teacher when you were in high school? Or? Uh, my dad was a teacher. Okay. And he taught cabinet making and build, all the building trades. And so uh, I always saw that and kind of thought it was, I thought it was neat. Just, um, but like many, many, like our beginning of our conversation, middle school, high school, it was like, eh, education is school. Yeah. And then when I got into college, I was going to be a doctor. Mm-hmm. And I had a semester worth of science classes <laughs> and figured out after I got my report card that semester that I didn't want to be a doctor. <laughs> so, yeah, so then I then I actually was going to do secondary education. Uh-huh. And some of the, because um, my degree is K-8 now, and so the secondary education would be 7th through 12th grade. And so then I did a three minors. Central had a program where you could get three minors and then take all three tests, and then you could teach any of those subject areas up to eighth grade. So, cool. my, so I had math, language arts, and history, so I could teach any of those yeah. subjects. It made me marketable out of college. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. It worked out. Did you have any defining teachers from any grade that made an impact on you that sort of inspired you more when you got into the field? Both. Probably my middle school and my high school U.S. history teachers, actually. I don't know. I didn't think of that until I was teaching, mm-hmm. but 
now that I look back, those were the classes that stuck with me. The stuff that we, the things we learned was sticky. I like to tell my students that if you learn something and it stays with you, then it's sticky. So we're trying to do as much mm -hmm. sticky stuff in class as we can. Mm -hmm. What makes uh, a, a piece of knowledge sticky? Uh, something for me, I, I think of, we go, you go on family vacations and you go to events and concerts and you experience something. If you're on a team and you play a game or you're in a program and you're a performance, if you experience it, it becomes sticky. If you hear it, it's kind of like that. There's a quote that says, uh, tell me and I'll forget something else and uh, let me live it or experience it and I'll remember. And so we do a lot of simulations and court trials and we do things where they experience the history. There's been an evolution of you as a teacher. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Where, where would you say that that like happened or what spurred that? Or I think, I think it's a blend of numerous things. I think it's a blend of uh, having kids myself and um, seeing all the different changes and just kind of the curiosity and wonder and then that made me want to bring curiosity and wonder into the class and then I had to figure out how to do that but still kind of check the boxes as I went as the teacher. A group of us kind of dove off the pier into uh, using devices in the class and that made me kind of start to see, I didn't know what it was called yet, but it made me start to see that the mindset is that really fits me is kind of is the growth mindset and it's not something that's fixed and that that learning something that constantly is it can always be added it's we're we're we can always grow it's not something that we were born with oh you were born smart you'll always be smart oh you weren't born smart so you don't have a chance everybody is has the ability to to learn maybe more uniquely than others though. I started to see, this, this sounds bad, but I started to see my students as other people's babies rather than students in my class. They were, there was a more of a connection right away without knowing them at all. Maybe the responsibility to learn with them and be okay with, yeah, I'm not sure. And then the devices helped say, I'm not sure. I don't know, you're the one with the device. Why look it up, let's find out. And it's a let's yeah. together yeah. instead of, I don't know, I already know the answer, but you can figure that out. No, yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. And a lot of it's genuine, I don't know the answer, yeah. which is one of the most fun, rewarding, exciting parts of the job. And you mentioned um, bringing curiosity in the classroom while also balancing the having to check off like sure. the curriculum and everything. Yeah. When if ever, is it better? Is it a better choice to sacrifice that check over benefiting the child with their own curiosity? Personally, I would say as much as humanly possible. The mm -hmm. check is find a curiosity about the event, the time period, the type of writing, the type of reading. To find the curiosity, and then it becomes something that's sticky. Mm -hmm. Because if it's not interesting at all to you, I could check the box and you get nothing out of it. 
so I didn't actually check the box. Mm -hmm. So I, all the time, I mean, I guess the easiest answer is all the time that the checking of the box and the teaching of the curriculum should be second to sparking their curiosity and then having them, having students want to know more about it. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned failing forward. Has there ever been a time, like in your own life, maybe in college or high school or in teaching, that you've failed and then benefited from it? In baseball, as I was a pitcher. So if you act like you know everything and you kind of have it, you know, being at a Division One school and I was a pitcher and I was I was one of the top five or six guys in a really good baseball program, it was like, yeah, I got it, I'm good. I don't really need a lot of coaching. Yeah. And then I failed. And when you fail, it's ugly. So you get beat up and a lot of hits are off of you and and the results are bad. And then, but then when I started to ask the, the hitters on my team what they think and how they think through an at-bat, then I started to think like them rather than thinking like the pitcher. Mm -hmm. I was thinking how to, that's the easiest way to get out a hitter is if I'm thinking like a hitter. And then when I would get a hit, you could see that I got in their head and I was thinking like them. So then I started to listen to him and think, think like a hitter more than thinking like a pitcher who knew everything. Yeah. I that's, that's, you know, in essence, is what we're trying to do with the podcast, which is trying to see it from another perspective. Yep. Just understand a person from his or her own perspective. Thinking like a student. I mean, that was that's a thing that, yeah. as we're talking now, I, I think that's something that clicked with me, and I yeah. was able to... Could I... I saw this as a great quote. Could I, would I like sitting in my own class? Would I like to take my own class as a student? When you went into college, your first semester was focused on being a doctor. Mm -hmm. And um, with all the seniors sort of like really focused strenuously on college right now, what is, do you have any advice for whether it's major picking or choosing where you want to go or anything about college in general? Probably not keyhole yourself into a major yet, but because most universities are still set up where the beginning of your your time you have these university requirements that are general courses that mm -hmm. that you have to fulfill these requirements and then they allow you to then begin working yourself into a major you don't have to know certainly not when you're in high school you don't have you don't have to know that yet it gives you that leeway to do what i did and <laughs> realize, oh good, that's not, not what I want. Yeah. Fail forward. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks so much for being on the share chair. And, uh, Thank awesome. you. Awesome. Thanks, Thank Eric you. Kipling. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Share Chair. Stay tuned next week for a new one. Also, check us out on Facebook and Twitter for regular updates at The Share Chair. If you're interested in having a piece of your writing or an experience shared on the podcast, contact Elise McGannon at 203-505 at springlakestudents.org.